This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 1-855-450-3733. Joining you here tonight, it's Ian. Allie. And Mark. And we invite you on over to our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the various features you will find there uh, completely free. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. You get to control the content on the site if you'd like. You can submit different things to our website. Uh, Maybe that would be a YouTube video, perhaps, or a news article or a blog post. Something you think our other listeners will enjoy, because if they don't, they're going to vote it down. If they do enjoy it, they'll vote it up, and the most voted up, make it to the front page and the top of the website over at freetalklive.com. So do head over there and get interactive. Uh, So we're going to start out tonight with uh, Allie is going to tell us here in a moment. We're actually going to go right to the phones right out the gate. Uh, But you're going to tell me about this Coney 2012 thing. And I've been seeing the Facebook posts all over the place for this. But honestly, I've never clicked through on a single one of them to see what it's what it's all been about. Uh, So it's apparently this big Internet phenomenon, like the Internet phenomenon of the moment. So uh, I guess you'll tell us what it's all about and we'll find out why it's relevant here in a moment. But first, Dennis is on the line, calling from New Hampshire on the amp lines. Hello, Dennis. Greetings. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? So I have great news about one of my favorite drugs, marijuana. Oh, excellent. (laughs) I like good news about pot. Yeah, so apparently not just one, but two bills have been voted on in the New Hampshire uh, House of Representatives, and both of them have passed. And the one that I think... I mean, I'm not sure, but I think you're going to like the most, Ian, is one that would decriminalize for personal or whatever kind of use you wish up to a half ounce of pot. It's a pretty um, good one. We had heard about this. Turn it into a parking ticket. Yeah, we'd, we'd heard about this. It's turning a possession of up to a half ounce into from a misdemeanor into a violation, uh, which, you know, they say means there's no jail time. But we all know that if you don't pay the, the, the fine, you're still going to go to jail at 50 bucks a day in New Hampshire. But uh, it's a step in the right direction. Unfortunately, it only passed by one vote. So I don't know. What do you think that means for its future in, in the Senate? lot of good things. First of all, it passed um, in a in a House that is strongly Republican-dominated, strongly Republican-dominated, and yet we got enough Republicans who traditionally don't go for this kind of thing um, to vote, to just completely decriminalize. This is psychologically a huge, huge barrier to have overcome. And I note that on this bill, of these, the, the prime sponsor and uh, a number of the other sponsors are, in fact, Free State Project members. So this bill got introduced by a Free Stater and passed the House. That's a huge step in and of itself. It does kind sound of like radical, a, yeah. oh my God, they're decriminalizing drugs kind of bill. Well, no doubt. I, I think that is, it is definitely a good sign. Is this the first time decrim has passed in New Hampshire, or did it pass once before? before in a strongly Democrat-dominated uh, house. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we can now pass this consistently, whoever is in control, it really moves the ball farther down the field. It really, really does. I, I think that, you know, I appreciate any step towards more freedom that uh, that we can have. Unfortunately, I I've, obviously you know that I'm certainly no fan of the political process. I find it very uh, obtrusive and slow and uh, nebulous. Uh, and so obviously there's still the concern that the Senate is going to shut this down. And then, of course, even if it passes the Senate, it still has to get past the man who calls himself the governor who won't even pass a medical marijuana bill when it comes to his desk. So what are the chances this is going to make it past him? Oh, I, I think there's almost almost no chance this turns into law. 
what this really is is just showing that every time we get closer, and that's, you know, time and time again, that's what I see. For a bill that you want or any kind of social change that you want to happen and not instantly get reversed the next time the other guys get into power, mm -hmm. this is how it's done. It, it's done one step at a time. And certainly a huge, huge step is when one of the other chambers, you can consistently, whoever's in power, it's kind of like a big glaring message to the other side that, look, it's time to give up on fighting us on this one. We're going to win eventually. You might as well focus elsewhere because mm. we're winning this one. Yeah, Dennis, this is one of the things that, you know, those that find the political process arduous, and I can't imagine anybody doesn't find the political process uh, to be arduous, but those that, that are, uh, you know, demoralized by that particular aspect of the political process, they'll often say is, well, you know, the free staters, they've, uh, we really haven't seen any uh, radical changes towards liberty um, you know since we've moved here which is what you know the the maximum somebody could have lived here is maybe seven years or something like that for the free, for the state, free project. state project and you know what we have now is frankly it's uh, you know unprecedented in the United States which is the the libertarian veto at this point in order to get an anti-liberty type bill passed well, you can't because the, uh, the there's enough sort of libertarian types in the New Hampshire House to prevent it from happening. I don't so, know if that's true. There's a lot of concern about the repeal of gay marriage uh, from a legislative oh, standpoint. They're, they're not going to repeal it. There's too many libertarian Republicans right now that are true libertarian Republicans. That they're, I know there's a lot of people that are really beating the drum on both sides, the, the people who want to repeal it and the people who don't want it repealed. Um, both that have organizations with money behind this are beating the drum. The fact is they don't have the votes to repeal it because you know, the same governor that we are not happy about because he's going to veto um, this bill on marijuana, I'm also happy that he's going to veto the bill that would repeal gay marriage. So that one is – I'm not going to call it 100 percent safe, but it's safe enough that my attentions are elsewhere. And as far as the political process, you know, you've got to keep in mind um, we have proved that people can – First, that they will uproot and move to New Hampshire. Second, that once here, just purely looking at this from the political process side, once here, they can, even though they're known free staters, in many cases, right, get themselves elected mm -hmm. to state office. And that once there, they're not just a radicalized fringe. They are the ones who are submitting bills, who are prime sponsors of bills that are getting passed. They're the ones who are now the chairman of committees, and if you look, if you open up the, uh, the Concord Monitor or the Union Leader, you open up the state's newspapers, when they're talking to legislators about legislation, I can go down the list and it's like, oh, my God, you know, three out of five legislators that they talk to on these bills are free staters. So we're really driving the agenda here. We're not some radicalized fringe like the libertarians or wherever state you're from. We're the ones driving the agenda, whether whether everyone realizes it or not. So, yeah, Dennis, I do oh, yeah, appreciate I, I do appreciate your perspective, and I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it, I was talking with Mark Ward, and I went up to Concord this week, actually, and uh, had lunch with him. And of course, Mark's a sponsor of this program, uh, the Porcupine Realtor. He's also the uh, he's also one of the Liberty reps. He's one of the state representatives who is a Free State Project participant. He's not hiding it. And uh, and he's a you know fairly uh, really active guy and and a supporter of also a supporter of civil disobedience. Uh, he's really just a well-rounded activist. Uh, anyway, I was talking with Mark and uh, you know pointed out that for all the time and money and effort liberta the Libertarian Party has spent across all of the country, 
they have nothing really to point to except for a few soil and water conservation board seats or something like that. I mean, these guys never win. They are constantly being set back and they're constantly pouring money and effort and time into the system and they get nothing for it. And here in New Hampshire, as part of the Free State Project, we've had we only have a thousand people here as part of the Free State Project. It's only been you know just over half a decade, as far as time is concerned, uh, that that uh, people have been putting in here, and we've already had more success in less than a decade than the Libertarian Party, more electoral success in less than a decade than the Libertarian Party has had in forty years. I mean, yeah, word up. Yeah. <laughs> one, one other. It, it's kind of related. Uh, it's not really marijuana, the drug we all know and love, but industrial hemp, the, the thing that's not a drug that we can never convince the cops is not a drug. Mm-hmm. That also passed the House um, just apparently yesterday. What was the vote, uh, there was what a was bill the vote that on was, that again, one? sponsored by a bunch of free staters. Uh, so the prime sponsor was a free stater. What, what was the vote and on that, that one? The, the other one only won by one vote. Did this one do better? By a handy, uh, a handy amount. That's good. And I to love know. the way, I love the way this bill was crafted because you know we've been trying to get industrial hemp for a long time, and this bill was crafted in a way that I think this very well could become the law. Uh, what this bill, Dennis, says, hold that thought. It, I want to get you back here in a moment for more of an update uh, from the you know inside the system perspective here. Uh, obviously, you know we focus occasionally on what's going on here because it's unique. There are liberty-minded people focusing their efforts all in one place, and we're seeing that it makes a difference here. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number here, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there on the house. So enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. We are talking about the Free State Project here, and there's a good reason for it. All three of us are participants in the Free State Project, myself, Ali, and Mark, we're all sitting here in the studio here tonight together because of the Free State Project. Otherwise, we probably never would have met, Ali, you and I. It's probably true. And I'm glad that uh, that we have because uh, you're a great activist. I'm glad to have you here. And Mark, I've you. known you for a long time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we we are here together with other wonderful activists, people who love the ideas of freedom and who are willing to do something about it. That's the important part about the Free State Project. One, you move to the same place. Two, you do something. You get active. Now, whatever that means, it mean, maybe it means uh, going and, and writing or reading legislation and helping the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance uh, you know, rate legislation as to whether or not it's liberty-friendly and recommending to other reps how they should vote on it if they want to vote in favor of liberty. That's one of the things that Dennis has been doing with uh, NHLiberty.org. Or maybe you want to do uh, media creation, as Ali is doing here on Free Talk Live or with uh, Free Keen TV. Yep, uh, or Ladies in Keen Radio. Correct. Your show on the weekends, on Sundays. Ladiesandkeen.com is where you can go to get more of Allie. 
Um, so, or it's creating media, or maybe it's doing outreach, uh, as we were doing today at the the local high school uh, in showing solidarity for some high school students that were being picked on by the administrators for wearing rainbow colors. I brought my rainbow hat out and uh, and wore that and and uh, and waved, show some solidarity. So that was fun. Were there lots of uh, kids wearing rainbow? There were some. There were some. I wouldn't say lots, but then again, I didn't, you know, most of them are on school buses, so it's hard to really ascertain what they're wearing. Uh, let's see. So, you know, outreach, there's politics, there's civil disobedience, there's media. I mean, it's all happening here. And if you want to be a part of it, you should go to freestateproject.org to learn more. Get the 101 reasons to move to New Hampshire. Freestateproject.org. And Dennis Goddard is one of those free staters. Uh, you are here, and you are pretty active inside the system uh, up there in Concord. And even I've been up in uh, to Concord like once a week for the last few months here, Dennis. I've been spending way too much time in uh, in, in Concord. But all that aside, uh, you're kind of giving us, a, I guess, a legislative update. Uh, marijuana decriminalization bill successful. It passes the mostly Republican House up here in New Hampshire, and that alone a pretty unique success. Uh, considering how Republicans tend to feel about drugs. So uh, that's a success. But, of course, it hasn't gone all the way through. It still has to hit the Senate and then the governor, who is, by the way, not going to be running again in 2012. So there will be some new person calling themselves governor by the end of this year. So that could be a good thing. I guess we'll find out o- o- over time. Yeah, so I was, I was going to mention the uh, the industrial hemp bill, which I think has a pretty decent chance of actually passing into law. And the way this was crafted is, is really quite smart, really quite clever, and the, the crafter of the bill was a Free State Project member. Um, what this bill says is that in New Hampshire, basically, um, uh, industrial hemp is perfectly legal and is not a controlled substance, and we're not going to do anything to control it, if one other New England state, actually if any two, if any two New England states uh, uh, do the same thing. So it's basically a little pact. Like if any other state in New England also goes for uh, industrial hemp, then we will. So weird. Why would we? Because you said that this was good, and um, you know, I'm I, I'm a little uh, unconvinced. Why? Why would it have to be uh, any other any two uh, states in New England? Well, I mean, that's just the way it was crafted. What I like about it is that. It, it makes it quite passable, and in the in the art of the possible, this is the way things go. I see. Um, it's great because a lot of the states' rights people, uh, a lot of the staunch Republicans who are staunchly constitutional and yet completely blindsided by anything even remotely related to drugs. I mean, these are people who, you know, let's be honest, these are not the Ron Paul Republicans. These are the ones who think that industrial hemp means that there's going to be hippie smoking pot in Central Square every day, right? That's that's just what they think. Hmm. Um, but they're so states' rights that they go for this kind of stuff. They love it. They eat it up. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll band together in a bunch of states. We'll tell the feds to go and F off, and they love that stuff. And it passed. Cool. Glad so, to hear it. So this is all good news. Uh, let me see. Well, there was one thing that I heard of that I thought was pretty interesting, and I, I, I don't think has any chance of passing, but I, I'd like to hear your analysis of it. One of the big problems we have up here in New Hampshire, and while New Hampshire may be the freest of the 50 states, it doesn't mean there aren't serious issues up here. We've got big problems with uh, bad laws and bad judges and just a bad system all around. And one of those bad parts of the system is the fact that the state is the monopolistic uh, exclusive provider of hard liquor. Uh, it's you can only buy liquor through state liquor stores here in New Hampshire, and uh, that's pretty outrageous. It's you know obviously a slap in the face of the idea that there's any semblance of a an open market on alcohol sales, 
And, uh, of course, the state gets all kinds of money from people from doing this, which means it's very entrenched and very unlikely to ever relinquish that power. Uh, and th- there has been a proposal, uh, I guess some sort of bill put forth to make it so other people can sell liquor. And I imagine that the, the state's agents are coming out in major force against this. But uh, have you been paying attention to that one at all? attention to that one, but what I would say is that if you had asked me about this a year ago, I would have said, you know, give it up, forget it, go somewhere else, work on something where you can actually make a difference. Um, The state selling liquor and having a monopoly on the sale of liquor is one of the things that offends a lot of libertarians the most when they come up here. It's just because it's so in your face. Mm -hmm. On the whole, I'd say it's a pretty small thing in comparison to everything else that you get up here, and the fact that having the state sell booze allows us to not have an income or sales tax. It's, you know, among the evils, I'd probably take that one. But, um, yeah, there are some pretty reasonable bills being put forward that I think are reasonable in the sense that they could pass. I mean, people people put up bills every year that are just crazy, like, you know, legalizing up to 10 pounds a pot, as your uh, state rep over there in Keene used to do all the time. (laughs) Bill Weed. Which, you know. Real feel-good bill, but it never ever gets any anything like passed. Right. Um, whereas what what this um, ending the monopoly on liquor sales, I've, I've heard a couple of variations on this. I think there were some amendments proposed. I haven't been following it that closely, but I know there were some things like uh, basically selling licenses. You know, like you could buy a license from the state to sell hard alcohol, and then you could go and sell hard alcohol, and that it would end up being about revenue neutral for the state. And you know, something like that. I think. Um, has a decent chance of passing, even though, of course, yes, all the bureaucrats will be against it. But I think this is an item where, again, just the fact of having a bunch of free staters in the legislature and, crucially, having them not be crazy people that no one pays any attention to, Mm -hmm. but instead really being the people who are setting the agenda and and putting forward the, you know, moving the social discussion and having them put forward bills that are pretty responsible and, and workable. Well, yeah, and I, I think that I we're, think this is something that we can see some progress on. Well, and I, obviously it's uh, it's election season uh, all across the country, and hopefully we'll see more uh, liberty-minded people take uh, more seats uh, rather than lose them. Uh, obviously, that still remains to be seen. But if people want to help out with this, Dennis, they can get in touch with the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance at nhliberty.org. Is that what you would recommend? Yes, thank you very much. NHLiberty.org. It's awesome, and you can even uh, you can even help us from home. You can just click and give us some money. You can review some bills, even in your underpants. It's right. Awesome. There are things that you can do that don't involve having to go and sit in awful committees uh, in in Concord, uh, and you can still be of a big big assistance. Even if you aren't here in New Hampshire, even if you know you're you're not going to move here for another five years, you can help out at NHLiberty.org. Thanks for the call tonight, Dennis. Appreciate hearing from you. There's more coming up. You can bring up anything you want. Take control. Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Toll-free number here, 855-453. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can join us 
on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we have there for you. The Shrine of Female Listeners is one of them. You can go and see the lady listeners who listen to this show, a selection of them, those who have taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they are listeners of this program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see them. And if you're a lady listener, get details on how to become part of the Shrine, shrine shrine.freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for the free daily dispatch. It's freedomsphoenix.com. All right, as we continue here, we'll take your calls about what you want. And then coming up, uh, we can talk about, uh, well, I guess Allie has something to share with us about a particular lawyer. Or wait, no, you don't want to no. talk about the lawyer. You want to yeah, talk about I want to talk else. about the Ugandan warlord, oh, Joseph Kony. Oh, guy. Yeah. Yeah, and I know nothing about it, so you're going to have to completely bring me up to speed. Uh, so the Kony 2012 thing, which is a huge, huge on the internet at the moment. We'll find out more about that. William is on the line in Dallas, though. William, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, good evening. What's on your mind, William? Uh, uh, illegal immigrants. Um, I uh, So anyway, you guys were talking about it a few days ago. You were saying that uh, employees or employers uh, and landlords uh, can get in trouble for hiring illegal uh, immigrants to work. I don't, I'm mainly talking about them. I don't recall talking about that a few days ago, but I mean, we certainly talked about immigration on this. They certainly program can get in trouble for it, right? Before, uh, what are your thoughts? First of all, I take—I don't really much care for the term "illegal" anybody because I think everybody breaks all kinds of laws, which would make everyone an illegal if you want to use those terms. But anyway, go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, and I'm, I'm uh, particularly referring to employers. Uh, uh, the fact that they can get in trouble for hiring a quote-unquote illegal uh, immigrant, mm-hmm. and I was—I just find it interesting that uh, I was talking to my friend about this and about them not them being able to go to school. He said that Congress or or somebody had said that that was a constitutional right for illegal immigrants to get uh, education. I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, Supreme Court has ruled in states that uh, you know that, that there's an obligation to you know give education in, in those areas. I would I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I'm not going to claim to know. I'm certainly not uh, up on every ruling of the Supreme Court. Um, they're the ones that get to decide what the Constitution is. Okay. So my my whole point to all this though is just the uh, idea that uh, if I as an employer hire an illegal, I can get in trouble. Uh, face, you know, legal ramifications, but if, uh, but the welfare office can provide welfare to illegals uh, without facing the same wrath. Doesn't make much sense, uh, does it? Well, one thing you no. can count on from the government is inconsistency. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, obviously they're not going to hold themselves to the same level of accountability as they are going to hold you and I. Yeah, it, it's kind of funny because if I if I want to pay someone who's illegal for the labor they did, that's that I can get in trouble. That's illegal, but they can give money they've stolen uh, from us to someone who doesn't do anything, and that's cool. You know? Right? Because they if they're not allowed to get a job, then what do you expect them to do? Of course, they are going to have to apply for some kind of welfare because they're not able to mm-hmm. make their own money and pull their own weight, as people suggest they should. 
Well, and by the way, most people that move here are not uh, shiftless losers. They are many, many of them are very hardworking folks who want to make a better life for themselves and That's are true. willing to take some of the dirtiest of the dirty jobs uh, in order to do it. It's so, true, but there's no by reason. By the way, I'd, I consider you, William, if you hire uh, so-called illegals, I consider you a hero. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah and on that note, I mean, I, I, clearly I'm, I'm not anti-illegal immigrants either. I, I've known too many, and, and they're all everybody I've dealt with has been good, hardworking people. I believe it. Almost. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all I had to say. Yep, that's been my experience as well. And and William, thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Of course, there's no there, doubt that if you, as you say, Mark, if you put out the bowl of milk, right. you're going to get There's some bums. Cats. There's some bums that come around. But you know, when you hand a, when you have a, when you open a soup kitchen called the welfare system, and it's better than the soup kitchen they have down in whatever their country is, obviously some people are going to come for the soup kitchen. Mm-hmm. I mean, obvi- it, you know, it, that's not the fault of the people that come. It's the fault of the people that open the soup kitchen. It's true. Unfortunately, uh, this is a uh, soup kitchen that we're all forced to pay for, whereas the average soup kitchen is taking voluntary contributions. Sure, and I may very well uh, support the uh, voluntary uh, soup kitchen. I have been known to do that myself in the past, as a matter of fact, even though I know that it does bring people here. I know that uh, to our little Keene, New Hampshire, having such a good community kitchen in the area is to some extent an attractor uh, for, for people that are hungry. You know, 855-453. But all that said... I like the idea of having those services available because I wouldn't want to have myself in a circumstance where I was hungry and on the streets. So I support the homeless shelter and the, you know, the local food kitchen because of that. Although I support the homeless shelter that doesn't take money from the government, and they do a much better job. Yeah, likely they do. Uh, 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number here tonight. Uh, you can bring up anything you want. In fact, since we're talking about food, uh, I've got an update on the Rossum food situation. You may recall we spoke about them uh, in the past. It's a store, I believe, yeah, in California. It's in California. Uh, where they have been raided. Actually, they've been raided multiple times, according to the story over at coomedia.org. Uh, raided back in 2010 and again in 2011 for selling raw milk to the public without proper permits. So even though raw milk is legal, have that. Even though raw milk is legal in California... They were selling it without asking governmental permission to sell it, so therefore still running afoul of the law. This man, uh, James Stewart, who is now facing uh, criminal charges, I guess, uh, for selling raw milk without a permit, is being held allegedly on a million-dollar bail. It's insane. I mean, (laughs) you find people who have committed violent crimes against other people on significantly, you know, fractions, tiny fractions. Everything's a fraction. uh, Tiny fractions of uh, of of this number. It's crazy. Natural News reported that raw milk innovator and Rossum Foods coordinator James Stewart was attacked by the legal system in California when he appeared for a preliminary hearing on the multiple, multiple felony charges that the state has leveled against him for running a raw dairy food distribution center and slapped him with the $1 million bail. Apparently selling raw milk in California is now considered worse than being a child rapist or a murderer, according to Natural News, being that you probably will get less bail for doing one of those two crimes. The unsubstantiated crusade on behalf of the state of California is hardly surprising, as both it and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration have been on a crude a crusade uh, to destroy raw milk for decades. And well, so well, you know, go. they got to make an example out of these people. <laughs> They're trying to ruin our agricultural society. Got to show people what's for. Give, teach them a lesson. Send a message, as we were discussing last night. Yeah, I hate the send a message thing. It, you, oh, if you hear, we need to send a message 
then that means that whoever it is did not get justice that was found guilty. Because, right. you know, it, you're supposed to rule on my case. You're supposed to sentence based on my case. If you're sentencing based on people that may do this in the future, you're then, then, then you're not ruling on my case. Supposedly, the system you set up is supposed to be a sufficient deterrent. If it's not, then you've right. set up a bad system. Yeah, that's a great point, Mark. And I even really thought of it that way. I just, I just always thought of them wanting to send a message was um, just sort of a way for them to uh, make everyone afraid, sort of like see my wrath as the government government official. Sure, I sure. can, I can mess you up mm-hmm. if you do anything against me, sort of thing. That is definitely what they are trying to do. But how many people are paying attention to that message is always my question. Who, who's really reading the yeah. news? Who this wasn't. This wasn't on CNN tonight. No, I doubt it. I doubt it. It was ever on CNN. It may have crawled across the bottom of the screen and that stuff that people don't read. 855-453 is the toll-free number here, and you can bring up whatever you want. Plus, I'd like to know, who's the victim? When it comes to selling raw food, raw milk, who's the victim? Because everyone's a consensual player in this game. This guy's selling raw milk. He's not... Passing it off as being homogenized, he's selling it as raw milk. You well, know people exactly, want it for that. Right, yeah. You know exactly what you're getting. There's no fraud involved. The FDA is the victim. It, there you go. Eight five five four fifty three. The peace and dignity of the state is the victim. We're coming up. Free t- DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves here toll-free at 855-453. You can bring up anything you want. Still to come, we'll tell you about the Comey 20... Coney? Coney 2012? Coney, yep. Coney 2012. Sounds like uh, call letters for a radio station. <laughs> <laughs> it is a radio station somewhere, apparently. Well, uh, I imagine it is, and we'll... Uh, but it's not in dial position 2012, I can tell you that. Well, that's probably true. Uh, we'll come back and tell you more, or we will tell you more about that coming up here uh, shortly. 855-453 allows you to bring up what you want, however. That is the point of this program. You can take control of the airwaves, as we like to say. So we're going to go right back into the phones and the fun here. Ben is listening in Canada. Ben, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Ali, and Mark. Hi. Um, I'm calling about, uh, there was this uh, video on YouTube. It's called Obama Admin Cite International Permission, Not Congress, as Legal Basis for Action in Syria. And basically it's a, uh, it's a senator's, uh, sessions, I think, of Alabama, talking to Secretary Leon Panetta about uh, with regards to military action in Syria, and uh, Panetta said, uh, "If uh, they, he said if we were working with an international coalition and working with NATO, we would want to get appropriate permission in order to." be able to do that. All of these countries want to form some kind of legal basis. The senator went on to say, what legal basis are you looking for? 
And um, if NATO made the decision, would be the one. If we developed an international coalition behind NATO, some kind of UN security resolution. So basically, Panetta was saying that as for military action in Syria, Syria, uh, he would um, look to the UN and NATO over the United States Congress, although the United States Congress isn't that really, um, <clears throat> isn't really... Uh, Not the most like virtuous organization. Wars, but, uh, but, right, so the know, concern they're... here is that uh, they're basically throwing it out in people's faces, hey, yeah. we don't really care what Congress thinks, we're going to do what this international body su- suggests? Yeah, that's basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, that's Sorry pretty much what happened on. in uh, Libya, right? I mean, you know, yep. he did the same thing, and I frankly don't expect uh, presidents... This is essentially what you were taught in school, is that the uh, the president has the right to move troops around, but Congress declares war. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, clearly they've shown that war hasn't been declared since 1942 by the United States Congress, that they don't need no stinking declaration of war for anything. I, you know, I'm just... Yeah, I, I saw the video that you're talking about, and I find it strange because I wasn't able to really, I couldn't pick a side because the military guy was saying that all you need to be able to, um, the only law you need to go by in order to, um, I guess, use military action in a country is if the country invites you to use military action on yeah. some group there, or if the UN says that it's okay, and, um, you know, the Jeff Sessions guy from Alabama says, oh, I don't think we should have to ask other people what they think for us to use military force. So I, I disagree with both. I, I don't think that yeah. the United States should just be able to do whatever it wants and it doesn't matter what any anyone else thinks. And I also don't think that um, you should just, you know, take some government's word for it. Yes, please bring your military here and use it against some group we don't like. Now, what do they have to do in Canada, Ben? I mean, that's where you're calling from to yeah. to roll out the Canadian military because I know they've been involved in some of these international conflicts recently. What what do they have to do there? Is it just something where the you know the premier can do whatever he wants or whatever they call him over there? Prime minister. It's uh, prime minister, and I think most of the time they look to UN or uh, um, the the uh, Britain. Well, we follow the Queen, but. Uh, are you, are, you, are uh, Canadian troops still over in uh, the Middle East? Uh, yeah, there are Canadian troops in Afghanistan, but we never went into Iraq. So. Interesting. I, I didn't know that uh, that difference. Well, thanks for bringing that up tonight. I appreciate uh, the call. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. What's new? I mean, did anyone not realize that? Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that Ben was was suggesting this. No, is it's new, good to bring these things up. But uh, but it's, you know, it is good in case you didn't know. The U.S. federal government will just go ahead and put their troops wherever they darn well please, and they don't ask Congress per, for permission. The executive branch has been doing what it wants with the troops for as long as I've been an adult, long time, much longer than that. Yeah, I you know, I mean, to, to some extent, this is what it, it's so. Uh, you know, prevalent and and so understood in our culture that I I just don't think anybody even thinks about this any longer. Uh, you know, suppose supposedly Obama's staying in Libya more than ninety days or something like that violated some some you know War Powers Act or something like that. And yeah, but who's going to hold him to account? Right, nobody. Right. It's not like the Congress is up in arms. You never declared these wars. We never said right. you. You know, there's. One congressman, he seems to be upset about it. Half of Congress, every time, wants 
the president to have more power. That's the nature of the two-party system. So you're stuck. And then the other party says to themselves, well, you know, hey. Our guy's going to be in there next time around anyway. So they'll have the power. And as we've seen, uh, Barack Obama has essentially continued the policies of George W. Bush and has expanded upon them. And every single time you get another president in there, regardless of the party, they add more power. They aggregate more power to that particular office. And whoever inherits it next it has even more control. And Again, there's no provisions for enforcement here besides some kind of an impeachment process, which is very difficult. It's the way the game's played. Happen. Everybody knows it, and it's not a surprise at all. It's not. I mean, you know, sadly, it's it, it, you know, it's not even a surprise. Well, the whole the whole sad part about the game is that the people you're trying to please while you're playing this game aren't the people, the average everyday person. You're trying to please these special interests, the people who have all the money, and the people that pull the strings. Those are the ones that you got to make happy. The military-industrial complex, which uh, one president a while back did warn us against. Was it Eisenhower? I, I yeah. Yes. Yeah. Republican. And he was but he was right about it. The, the Republicans today don't want to hear anything about that. Mm-hmm. You know, they just don't want to hear anything about the well, military-industrial no, the, the military complex. complex is a huge welfare program for their buddies. That's what it comes down it's, to. It's a big welfare program for the uh, the, the arms manufacturers, people, people like Lenko and... Lockheed Martin or whoever these people are that are creating the, the weapons that kill people around the world. A huge money for them. And to some extent, it's a welfare program for, for people joining the military as well. Sure. Um, you know, the, the military is often called Republican welfare because uh, people, the, the Republican type voter doesn't want to give money to people who, you know, they perceive as sitting around doing nothing. And I think that there's some, some you know, reality to that situation. So they want to put them in the military so where my uncle said nothing. they sat around and did nothing. That's told us or puke from puke in the gang has told us i mean you know that they you know he said that the the culture in the air forces which is where he was was to run for, hide from work as much as you possibly could mm. you're yeah. gonna get paid the same anyway and everybody else right. did it is that why all the different branches of the military are always calling the other branches uh i can't say what they usually call names? them but yeah Fly they call them names and yeah. jar heads right and- well not just that but they imply that they don't have any guts that they don't uh, they don't have the ability or the competence to carry out any mission. Um, I don't know. They're always giving each other crap about that. And yeah, they're I wonder... kind of like brothers, though. If you turn on one of them, the right. rest will the rest will turn on you, though. Mm. So um, you know they, they they're allowed to say things about each other, but not you're not allowed to if you're not a a member. Right. Exactly. So you are welcome to uh, to chime in here. Maybe you are in the military and you've got some thoughts you want to share, or you can bring up anything you want at 855-450-FREE. I've actually, speaking of the military, been working on uh, setting up a counter-recruiting campaign here in our little Keene, New Hampshire. And I talked to uh, one of the uh, people at the local high school about this today, trying to figure out, well, you know, what do I need to know? Because I had heard, I was at a peace rally this last uh, weekend, and one of the speakers there said there was a court case that said that if the military is recruiting at your local high school, the courts, you know, like the Supreme Court at some point, and I didn't get the name of the case, he didn't have that handy, but he, he was certain that the Supreme Court had decided, and I think it was on the American Friends Service Committee, the mm-hmm. Quaker group, uh, they would probably know a lot more about this, that you have the right to go in and counter-recruit. If the military is in, and they are, at your local high school recruiting, you have the right to counter-recruit. Now, from what I understand, you can't do it on the same day or like at the same time. You can't have a table set up there because they don't want to debate to start or kids to fight or, or whatever they think is going to happen there. But in theory, at least, again, my very basic understanding of, of what I've learned about this is that if the military is there one day, in theory, you should be able to be there as a counter-recruiter the following day. 
and you know set up a table. So what I would want to work out here at some point is get a like an ask a veteran table set up. That's good. Yeah, bring like veterans in of all ages, people who've been in the military and who are going to speak out against it, and then. You can't reach out to the kids. It's another rule is you just have to sit behind the table and see who comes up to you. Are you telling me that the uh, the recruiters, uh, the military recruiters, don't reach out to the kids? That's what I'm, uh, you know, supposed to believe according to the person. Free who crap. Handles this. You need yeah, can free you, crap. Exactly. Can you offer free stuff? There you go. Eight five five four fifty free. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. Oh, I kind of feel like ask a veteran's a cool it's a great idea. idea too. Hour two's next. You take control. Free talk live. I am so excited about Porkfest this year. Porkfest? What's that? It's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, a fun and educational camping event put on every summer by the Free State Project. This year it's going to be happening June 18th to the 24th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Okay, I like camping and I definitely like freedom, but my budget is tight. Tickets are only $30 for the whole week if you get them before May 1st. Well, that sounds reasonable, but what goes on there? (laughs) What doesn't go on at Porkfest? There are speakers, family fun, dance parties, karaoke, a comedy roast, hiking, campfires, sports, a wedding, and all kinds of delicious food. But the part that I like best is spending time with other people who love freedom. Hmm, that's sounding pretty good to me. Where can I go to learn more? Check out Porkfest.com and make sure you spell pork like a porcupine. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Like what you see? Looks like a blast. Okay, I'm in. See you at Porkfest. While you're there, check out how you can become a VIP, very important porcupine, for a modest donation. See you at Porkfest. Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free, bring up anything you want. 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you'll find there completely free. But once again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Allie. And Mark. All right. So, Allie, you'd mentioned something about this Coney 2012. And I, I've seen posts all over the place on Facebook in the last 24 to 48 hours about this. And I have honestly never clicked on a single one of them. It seems like a lot of people have pretty strong opinions about this guy or what's going on regarding him. And what is going on regarding him? Is some sort of dictator or warlord? Yeah, he's a Ugandan warlord uh, who there's been this big movement in this viral video. It's gotten 60 million views called Invisible Children. And the point of the video is to uh, create awareness about Joseph Kony and his basic crimes against the Ugandan people. Um, it's his organization that he's the head of is um, the LRA, or did I get that right? The Lord's Resistance Army. And he um, basically it was something that the Ugandan people supported, but then he basically some, some but it, it had more support. So it bas- he basically turned it on its head and, and to purify the movement, he basically started uh, implementing these new rules and like it turned into this whole thing where he's uh, taking children from their families and 
uh, making him into sex workers. And oh it's just my. a terrible, terrible story. So this guy came, story. To, came to power with some support, is what you're saying, and then essentially changed well, how he was behaving? Let me let me hop in here. So um, a warlord in Africa is essentially the leader of an armed gang. Right. Um, right. Without the blessing of, of the state or whatever. It doesn't mm-hmm. does not is not carrying the mantle of the state. And, you know, in, in, in the case of uh, Coney, you know, what he wants is he wants to bring the world back to the Old Testament is his uh, what the, the stuff he's preaching about. But, you know, in the process, he's making boy, little boy, uh, young boys into child soldiers, which is all you have to do is, you know, search child soldiers and you'll see what a horrifying thing this is in in Africa. And the, the the little girls into prostitutes in order to fund this. I mean, he's pimping them because that's what Jesus would do, right? Right. Well, well here's, Jesus has nothing to do with the Old Testament. Here's a story off Fox News: the the viral <laughs> documentary truth. aimed at bringing infamous Ugandan warlord Joseph Kony to justice has sparked a debate about the charity group behind it and how it spends the money it raises. San Diego-based Invisible... So this is the video you're talking about. Right. The group that created this video is what people are debating about? Right. The the group and how it spends, like, what its uh, initiatives are. Okay. Um, so, so this is a group that opposes Coney. They want to put a stop to this guy. Right. They they want... They basically are out for his blood. Uh, and sa- as, as, what's the Coney 2012 thing? Is he, like, running for an election or is no, it just like, we need to do this now, it's 2012? It's t- basically. It's, we need to do it now. And then they say that the 2012 things thing is sort of based loosely based on 20 celebrities is their goal for how many people they want to get behind their movement because they have a good business model when it comes to raising awareness about an issue it's it's great they made this uh video which is pretty persuasive if you didn't you know when i i watched it last night and i i thought the video was made well and everything but the the um intent behind their campaign um is i think it's it's more about hate and promoting war and war propaganda than... So is the idea to get the American military involved here right. to save and the people of Uganda? They've been successful in trying to get the military involved. Obama has said that it's a good movement and that we really need to work to bring this guy to justice and everything. Mm. And people's criticism of it is that it's not about um, making the victims of Coney whole. It's about going after Retaliation. Coney. Right. Right. And uh, also, uh, it, it, you know, right, essentially taking the side of the Ugandan state against a Ugandan warlord. Mm-hmm. Neither one of these organizations is a bunch of good people. The Ugandan right. state, uh, you know, is responsible for all kinds of atrocities. So, you know, when you're if you're say if, if two boxers are in a ring and you're saying that's a bad boxer. You're essentially supporting the other boxer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't like either one of these disgusting groups so did i also read somewhere that there's oil in uganda as well and that that might be a factor as to why the government's interested maybe that's maybe that helped persuade the government to get involved and i'm not i haven't heard that because i mean it's interesting like this this viral video campaign is what got the u.s federal government all of a sudden interested in this warlord is that what really it took uh, I mean, it's, it got you know. I mean, it it, it got the public interested, and uh, you know the you know politicians love to get out in front of a parade. And so the suggestion here is that this group is not only advocating for continued violence and uh, using you know force to retaliate against this guy, but also there's questions about their fundraising and where the money goes. Well, basically, the I mean, I, apparently the groups. Um Funding, there's nothing that goes against their status as uh, not-for-profit, but they spend most of their money trying 80.5% of it 
trying to promote um, their whole mission is to make this guy famous, they say in the video, and trying to promote their cause uh, instead of sending any money to the poor victims that he's Mm. mutilated and brutalized or he's had people do for him. So, yeah, I I think it's I think it's sad that. so they're they're directing all their behind this. So they're directing all their resources to a publicity campaign right. rather than trying to help these people, which is not what they're trying to do. I mean, well, from their from what you're telling me, the campaign is to get the military involved, which obviously isn't going to help anybody. That's just going to spread more destruction. One might make the argument that the money behind the publicity campaign will be more effectively used than money going to you know help or make the victims whole. For one, you uh, it's it's not the obligation of anybody to make, but the people who committed crimes against the victim to make them whole, but to help them uh, in whatever way, you know, one might make the argument that publicity is a better use of the money. If, for instance, you could use, you know, say you have $100,000, I don't know what number you've got, but you get $100,000, you know, that'll only go so far as uh, in feeding uh, people and helping them to construct buildings in Africa. And all you have to do is, uh, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of, of failed projects in Africa that uh, you know were meant to help people all kinds of them wells that have you know gone dry equipment that's rotting right out there and and you know there's no doubt that putting stuff on the ground sometimes is successful and sometimes it's not so i don't have a problem with the use of publicity in this circumstance like i think that well right cuz what is it good what is it what good does it do if you buy a bunch of stuff send it over to africa and then coney gets his hands on it well yeah. here's the thing is that coney's not even according to the ugandan people and general knowledge of uganda his whereabouts are unknown and he is not believed to be leading the militant and geno- genocidal lord resistance army anymore he's like hmm. no one knows where he is he's just some guy that's in hiding now and so effectively the job's been done he's not in power anymore uh the lra hasn't been you know uh, doing it's it's brutalizing anymore and uganda is actually apparently um experiencing like a boom in their economy and they're doing better than they have so getting the military involved now would be the worst thing for them basically so you know it's totally counter uh, intuitive to wanting to help uganda and you know foster peace there because apparently it's already you know relatively more peaceful so getting the military involved is not going to help them at all. Whenever has Where's it. Where's this article from? When is this from? Where? Where is this from? Foxnews.com. Okay. Yeah, interesting. I, I, you know, I'm just. I'm glad that you've done the uh, the research on this because I was completely in the dark. Yeah, I I did not know that uh, particular aspect of uh, Coney being you know no longer involved in the the LRA or anything like that. But uh, you know, t- to me, this is. Uh, it's, the African the Africa problem is not an easy one that you can watch a video and then figure out a solution for um, you know in an evening's time. It's really really messed up. Right, and bringing uh, the military in is not going to solve any solution. Right, and and this San Diego kid going to Uganda and deciding that he can figure out what the answer to all Uganda's problems is and picks the simplistic of answers is to kill that guy. Right. Well, yeah, you know. and this is this is generally how people solve problems. Is oh yeah, let's let the government solve it. Hmm. Right. Well, good a good idea. Toll free number is eight five five four fifty free. The SACL CAI toll free line. It's one eight five five four five zero three seven three three. What are we missing about this Coney thing? Uh, or is there some uh, some more detail you want to fill in? Uh, what have you learned? Eight five five four fifty free. Bring up anything as well. Free talk live. 
We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, you can dial in toll-free, 855-453 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up whatever you want, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we'll bring you the features there for free. You can actually uh, control the site, the content. You can vote up and down on different items. The most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the site. You get to submit things to the site if you would like as well. So get as interactive as you please over at freetalklive.com. Once again, that's freetalklive.com, where you've been talking about the Coney 2012 uh, campaign that literally exploded in uh, one of the most viral manners I've seen in yeah. a long time. Huge viral video. And it's a, it's a moving piece of cinematography. I so think you've that, seen this? Yeah. Okay. Sure. And it's a half an hour long, right? It's, it's a long one. I, you know, I, may, I can't say I was riveted to it the whole time, but I watched it. And essentially, uh, it's against a guy named Joseph Coney, who is told, said to be a leader of the Child Recruiting Violent Lords Resistance Army, the LRA in Uganda. But Ali is saying that, according to a Fox News piece, that uh, he's not so in charge anymore. That this guy's old news. Yeah, I just found this quote from um, Beatrice Pora, a director of Kairos, who says, What the video says is totally wrong, and it can cause us more problems than help us. Um She's a community health organization in Gulu, a town that was once at the center of the rebels' activities. She says there's not been a single soul from the LRA here since 2006. That's now we have time. peace. People are back in their homes, and they are planting their fields, and they are starting their businesses. This is what people should help us with. As opposed to going to war. Right. Now, according to uh, the Washington Post... Invisible Children is responding to criticism about their Stop Coney campaign, uh, the campaign that we've been talking about here, the viral film with tens of millions of views in just the last day alone, created by Invisible Children, a charity that seeks to end the conflict in Uganda and raises awareness about human rights abuses by Coney and the LRA. Uh, but unfortunately, as Ali has pointed out, it seems like they're suggesting that the conflict be ended by more conflict, which tends to not really solve problems. As we talked about last night, violence begets more violence. Right. To res- the, the best way to resolve conflicts tends to be some, you know, some kind of uh, meeting and talking and, and these kind of things. Yeah, it sounds like uh, Joe Coney could use a hug. Uh, but some activists have voiced uh, concerns about the methods used by invisible children, such as manipulating the facts to promote its cause. The director of idea development for the uh, for the group called the criticism myopic and said the film represented a tipping point that it got young people to care about an issue on the other side of the planet that doesn't affect them. Stop Coney has been trending worldwide on Twitter since Tuesday, and as of this writing, and this was I think a day ago, Coney 2012 had a combined 47 million views on YouTube and Vimeo. Uh, 32 million were in the last 20 hours alone. I think you said it was up to 57 now. 57 million, is that right? I thought it was, yeah, 57 million. Coney is undeniably brutal, and the World Bank estimates that under his leadership, the LRA has abducted or forced around 66,000 children to fight with them during the past two decades. And uh, then in October, Obama committed 100 U.S. troops to help the Ugandan army remove Coney. So it looks like there's already been some military action on the side of the U.S. government here. 
But in November, a Foreign Affairs article pointedly challenged the tactics used by Invisible Children and other nonprofits working in the region, saying that such organizations have manipulated facts for strategic purposes, exaggerating the scale of LRA abductions and murders and emphasizing the LRA's use of innocent children as soldiers and portraying, portraying Coney, a brutal man to be sure, as uniquely awful, a Kurtz-like embodiment of evil, wrote the magazine. One of Invisible Children's partner organizations, Resolve, responded to the accusation at the time in a blog post calling it a serious charge published with no accompanying substantiation. Jenkins maintained Wednesday that the numbers of child abductions the charity uses are not exaggerated and they're often the same numbers as the ones used by Human Rights Watch and the United Nations. So it seems like they're really just kind of they're fighting over details here. I mean, does it really matter if he has abducted 66,000 children or 6, you know, thousand children? I think any one of those is, uh, you know, 6,000 or 66,000 too many. Sure. I mean, if you're the children of the, the parents of the children, the family of the children, you know, people in the village of the children, you know, it's, it's been traumatic for you one way or the other. I, I guess for me, you know, the, the, the part is, is that I don't think there are good guys here no and you know we, there's we not saw, even an anti-hero we here. saw what happened when the united states picked a side in world war ii and decided uh, basically world war ii for those that don't know uh especially the uh eurasian conflict was largely a war between germany and russia and you know the united states picked a side and what did you get out of the deal 50 years of cold war well, as Jenkins says here, Mark, he says it's a huge problem with political corruption in Africa. If we had the purity to say we will not partner with anyone corrupt, we couldn't partner with anyone. So like, how do you pick a side it's, is what he's saying. It, 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 well, you know, I, and this is kind of why I've come to the conclusion that people around the world need to work out their own conflicts and however they, it is they work them out. I believe that they should be given the information on how, the, the best ways, the most, uh, you know, the newest ways to work out conf, conflict resolution. By the way, most of those do not include bullets. Mm-hmm. Um, and But at the same time, and the, and the United States should be a beacon of liberty and peace for the world and people you know that live in those countries if they can get over here and create a better life for themselves should be able to do that and you would see not i think i think you would see not only a more prosperous united states and a more peaceful world but you'd probably see the purview of the united states uh, expanding uh you know currently through peace you mean through peace and try to imagine this is just this is me speculating here for a second but if the united states didn't grow this welfare state and this warfare state that it has and it had a relatively small federal government you know up until the 40s uh the united states was growing it was expanding. It was getting bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. But now there's no benefit. I mean, if we were to to uh, you know pick up uh, the you know the Yucatan Peninsula from from Mexico, what in the hell are we doing? We're picking up more people to be on welfare. What do we want that for? Mm-hmm. Nobody wants that. It's become sort of quote unquote unprofitable for the government to spread its purview. The warfare welfare state has become too big for its britches. I mean, there's it is. too many uh, money. There's too much money that's already been expended. But also, what is it? The future obligations that these programs have is tremendous. I yeah, mean, that's seven, like $700,000 per individual. It's uh, $50 trillion, I think, on last night, number I heard was $50 trillion that is you know, unfunded, essentially, on into the future. I mean, this is not – it's a very top-heavy uh, structure here. It is not, not getting less last. heavy. Yeah, I, I think it all comes from – because I think the thing that's important about this is that it's gotten 
tons of support. The just the video going viral, people buying these action kits that they sell for thirty dollars, so they can post this guy's picture everywhere. Like April twentieth, supposedly we're all supposed to wake up in the morning and there's Coney twenty twelve pictures plastered all over the walls. That's their idea. That's what it says here. Yeah, it's a great so, campaign. Yeah, and it's a great way to share ideas. But I think it's I think part of the reason I don't know if they're so successful in, in um, spreading their campaign. Because they're just really good at marketing, or is it because people have this love for an idea that um, good guys and bad guys are black and white, yeah. and that and that the United States military represents the good guys, and we need to get them to go after this bad guy Coney, and it's, to them it, that's how it works. That's how it works in the movies, and that's how it works in real life. That's a great point, and I wonder what's going to end up happening here. April twentieth's a long way away in internet time. Like this has been huge over the last two or three days, over the last few days here on the internet. Can they keep up the momentum till April twentieth? I don't know if I believe they can. More coming up here. Your thoughts are welcome. Free talk live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keen. Keen is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Talk Live. Toll-free number here, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything that you want. And if you've got a comment on the Coney situation, certainly want to hear from some other perspectives on this. Uh, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And you can enjoy the various features that we have there for you. So uh, enjoy those. In fact, one of the things you can do on our website is contribute. Uh, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com and send in three bucks a month to the show. We'll take that, invest it into Free Talk Live, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So once again, uh, Free Talk Live, go to amp.freetalklive.com to become a Free Talk Live amplifier and get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only forum, podcast, and more. Once again, amp.freetalklive.com. Bitcoins are the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash. With Bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign or terms of service to abide by. Anyone can download the free Bitcoin software and be using them in just a few minutes. With Bitcoins, you can send and receive money anywhere in the world without needing permission from any bank or government. To learn how, visit weusecoins.org. It's weusecoins.org, and now thanks to bitinstant.com, you can have bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. To buy your bitcoins with cash, visit bitinstant.com. All right, so we've been talking about the Coney 2012 campaign, which has been a huge success, at least from a viral marketing perspective. Uh, the This group that put it together, it's a half-hour-long video. I have not seen it, but Ali, you have seen it, and Mark, you've yes. seen most of it. That's, yeah, I mean, I had it going. I listened to it. I was there. Right. 
and you say this is pretty persuasive. I mean, this guy is a terrible man. He's putting children into slavery. He's well, forcing. It's, it's persuasive if you, you know, just average. I don't usually just watch what's going on in Africa. How, you know, how terrible are they off compared to me? You know, it's like I understand that uh, Africa is in a lot of poverty and it's hard for me to understand all their complex situations. Mm-hmm. Um so when someone just throws me a video and says, look at these poor African children all like muddled up on the floor together sleeping in these terrible conditions and they're so poor and don't you feel bad? And then they point to this bad guy and make it seem like he's responsible for all this. Uh, you know, as someone who's ignorant to the situation is in it, all its complexities, it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, he sounds like he knows he's talking about. He, You know, I'm, I'm persuaded. I, I don't like this kind of guy either. You know, he's. He's uh, driving children into uh, sex, sex slavery. and Oh, making, I don't like this Coney guy. Yeah, I don't like it. You know, I, <laughs> but as though it's just one man, right? But I mean, that's just one side of the sure. story. One, one man doesn't get power through his own volition. He's got to have people that are willing to do his bidding. And so obviously there's other people involved here. In fact, according to the Washington Post article here, which backs up what uh, Fox News piece said, Lieutenant Colonel Mauru Guy, a military spokesman for the United Nations uh, from the DRC, Republic of Congo said recently that the LRA has been weakened by military efforts. The group is believed only to have about 250 armed members. General Carter Ham, the head of the U.S. Africa Command, said recently that Kony is no longer even in Uganda. So is this all much ado about nothing? It's probably going to bring a lot of money to this organization. To the organization, which is one of the concerns that has been cropping up, is what are these people really doing? Is this Invisible Children group actually, do they actually care about helping people? Because if they do, then some are suggesting that their actions really seem to be focused around earning money for Invisible Children so they can continue promoting. But obviously promotion has to be a part of any any budget yeah. of, uh, of an organization like this. But you were suggesting, Ali, that these guys didn't really have a budget to assist anyone in Africa. That right. all they were trying to do is get the u.s military to go down there and do something right well what i wonder is if it's um if they feel like they couldn't get enough people to join their cause if their if their cause was let's bring or not retribution because that would have to come from the perpetrators but let's uh bring some help to these people that have been victimized by this guy you know, would people not want to donate to that? Would they not be able to promote their cause and you know still plaster the walls you know or something with a message of helping others in need and uh, feeling for people and being compassionate. But uh, apparently going after this guy and, you know, bloodthirst is a better motivator for people. I don't know. Why, why well, is towards that? Americans, it's, it's probably true. I mean, Americans are all gung-ho. A lot of Americans are very gung-ho for the military. And, you know, they have been uh, brainwashed by Hollywood to some extent uh, that these are the way you solve problems. And so it would be interesting to see some group come up with an alternative idea, one that doesn't involve uh, military force but could somehow also be successful because clearly you want to – at least I want to see people get help. Uh, but on the other hand, I don't want to foment more warmongering and more violence. Have you seen the, uh, the promos for this movie Act of Valor that has real – active duty navy seals in it i i saw one on uh just kind of off to the side at a bar one day on a television screen that's about all i've seen of it yeah it's uh you know just more of this sort of martial uh, uh you know jingoism that uh that really s- seems pervasive the movie got panned by the way what's that mean bad bad reviews okay yeah <laughs> i wouldn't know apparently uh, navy seals don't make good actors hmm well, I mean, you know, they're not actors. Right. But I wonder, I wonder, A, how much of our tax money went into this? 
Good question. Because anything that makes the military look good gets money from the the, the military. Well, at the very least, they get the the equipment and uh, that's money. You know, I mean, that's a yeah. subsidy to the to the movie producers. Sure. I mean, if you can, if you wanted to make some kind of anti-war screed, where would you get? Uh, you know, who who? Where are you going to get your F sixteen for that one? You can rent uh, these a lot of military equipment. Probably older military equipment can be rented through different movie prop companies. But it's uh, just but it's a not lot as more good. expensive. It's and a it's, lot more expensive, and it's not going to be as you know. Good. I mean, you're not going to have the new stuff. You're not going to have the soldiers operating it. Right. I mean, you know this. This is, I, you know, this is a recruitment video. There's a little more here about uh, the Coney campaign from Washington Post. Uh, again, as you mentioned, Ali, April 20th is when the Invisible Children Group is calling on its supporters to stop Coney and LRA's campaign by using social media and viral tactics. Uh, and, and again, I don't know if they can keep it up until April 20th. Maybe they can. Why I mean, are they choosing 4:20? I wonder. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. They don't explain that. That's supposed to be my day. <laughs> this is the day when we'll meet at sundown and blanket every street and every city until the sun comes up, says the director of the film for Invisible Children. The rest of the world will go to bed Friday night and wake up to hundreds of thousands of posters demanding justice. And if his vision becomes a reality, then, you know, you got to hand it to him for really running one of the most successful campaigns of uh, informational purposes I've ever heard about. Uh, because just the buzz around this is huge. And if they can keep that momentum going for a month, then that will be if tremendous. If they can keep the momentum, I, I think that they may have uh, gone too soon on this one. I mean, it was really what my thought is, is that it just it blew up too soon, and I don't know. Well, know, that's the one thing about going viral is you never can predict when something is going to go viral. Maybe yeah. they didn't even intend for this to happen. I, I don't know about the insides of how the campaign worked. Uh, but according to Visible Children, which is a Tumblr blog that has received much attention for questioning the efforts of Invisible Children, they wrote Wednesday that those social media tactics aren't helping. They say these problems are highly complex, not one-dimensional, and frankly aren't of the nature that can be solved by postering, filmmaking, and changing your Facebook profile picture as hard as that is to swallow, writes the blog. Jenkins from Invisible Children doesn't agree. He says the film has reached a place in the global consciousness where people know who Coney is, they know his crimes, kids know and they respond, and then they won't allow it to happen anymore. Well, if that's true, then that's great. I mean, if, if it's true that people are aware of a killer that they you know never had been aware of before, that's got to be a good thing, I suppose. Are the solutions the right ones? Not necessarily. If the solution is to call on the U.S. military then no, that's definitely not the right solution. But it doesn't hurt to have awareness out there, I suppose. That's not a bad thing. I think that you, people could definitely learn from their marketing strategies. I think it's... Yeah, I think that's probably the best lesson in this. Right. <laughs> Let's talk to Bruce. He's in Minnesota. Bruce, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Allie, and Mark. Thank you. I um, was listening to you guys. I just discovered your show, so... I Hope I'm not out of context or whatever, but... Don't worry. It's free talk live. You can bring up anything. So go ahead. Well, I was listening to you sort of talking about how the American sentiment is um, regarding war and things such as that. And I've been hearing, you know, on other alternative media stations where they say, you know, Americans are sick and tired of war and... Blah, blah, blah. Well, I really don't find that to be the case, for example. I'll tell you what. Hold that example. We'll come back with you here in a moment, Bruce. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. People I know are sick of war, but are most Americans? It's Free Talk Live. 
On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Franks, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. Bring up anything you want toll-free, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight, it's Ian. Allie. And Mark. Inviting you to our website over at freetalklive.com. You may follow us via Twitter or Facebook or email. Go get signed up for our news updates at news.freetalklive.com. That's news freetalklive.com. It's all free. If you're looking to get some precious metals, whether it's gold or silver, uh, check out Free Talk Live. Excuse me, gold.freetalklive.com. We've uh, you know, we advocate uh, getting gold and silver, whether it's a as a hedge against inflation, investment, barter currency. Uh, we've got all kinds of pieces and coins there that you can take a look at. You can do some comparison shopping. If you're a big Mises fan, the, the Mises uh, Silver Round is there. Go check it out at gold.freetalklive.com, and uh, Midas Resources will help you out with it. Uh, every time you buy from gold.freetalklive.com, you help Free Talk Live. All right, so we continue. Bruce is on the line listening in Minnesota. And Bruce, uh, you're listening online tonight? Yes. Very good, sir. So you wanted to uh, tell us about what you thought about Americans and their viewpoints on war. Go ahead. One thing, for example, which I find really irritating is you'll hear all these shows in the alternative media where they're, you know, they're anti-war and stuff, which is good, but then they will go and enter, they have all of these military uh, veterans, they call themselves, on their, oh, telling you about how I, they just have such high opinions of themselves and they talk about, oh, my goal as a child was to be a fighter pilot and I realized my dream, and then now they complain you know, uh, the, about the military-industrial complex and the war, the Bush and, and uh, uh, Obama and the politicians are getting us into wars. And these guys volunteered, and now they're complaining that their military, that the Veterans Administration isn't treating them well enough. No one can live on the thirty thousand dollars a year that they collect for their post-traumatic stress syndrome and all of this. And I think I just think these guys are a bunch of monkeys. And then they 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 pat themselves on the back. Look what we did for our country. We sacrificed our you know life for our country. I am confused by what you're saying here. You're saying that these are people who joined the military are now anti-war after the fact. No, that's anti-war. They're complaining about the the um, you know their their benefits. Okay, you're not talking about anti- and, and they're also anti-war though. They're also anti-war. Okay, you know, so they're anti-war, they but they're saying they're proud of what they did because most of the people I know that were in the military are not proud of the time they've spent there. They're embarrassed by the fact that they were there and they wish that uh, that they, you know, hadn't gone. They wish that they hadn't done what they'd done. I mean, that's 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 the usual anti-war former military mindset that I'm familiar with. Yeah, well, it's sort of like that, but at the same time 
they're acting all sort of um, proud about how they made a sacrifice and how now the government owes them. I think a lot of that probably comes from the fact that when people join the military or to get them to join the military, a lot of military recruiters make them all these promises. And according to almost everyone I've ever talked to who's been in the military, they don't fulfill most of those promises. They, you know, they joined on the pretenses they'd get this raise or they'd get, you know, something out of it. And then they don't ever get that. So they have this feeling of, well, I do feel like I sacrificed because I was I wouldn't go to war if I wasn't going to get what I was promised. Or if they, um, you know, they went to get free college or something like that, and then they come out with PTSD, they'd like, I can't go to college. I'm insane. And, you know, what good was college as a, as a, an offer to me if I can't get my life together? You know, I'm, I'm beating my wife or whatever it is that's, you know, many of the complaints from uh, many of the soldiers, sailors, and Marines that I've heard, uh, you know, and when, it seems like when people talk about being tired of the war, of tired of war here in the United States, they're tired of the war, the, the ones that are currently going on oh yeah well war's a great idea but just not the ones that are happening right now right and you know yeah they go in you know it's a paycheck and they they're going to get their free college and everything and then they they decide oh it wasn't so so great after all they and they realize you know hey all i have to do is say you know i'm having uh psychological symptoms and i can get out of this and collect 30 grand a year for the rest of my life without working and then they have these these real touchy feely little groups, uh, you know, where they sit around and say how uh, how people aren't treating them nicely enough. And I don't know if I can for- I can agree with you though, because I do feel I do feel sorry for people that come back from war and like you know just like have you ever talked to a veteran and they talk about in really vague terms the things they've seen and you get this kind of cold shiver like the you know. I, I always feel like, wow, I don't know, you know, I think I'd be in a totally different mindset if I've ever been to war, and I am I feel sorry for people that have had to go through that. It sounds to me like, Bruce, maybe I'm misunderstanding you, but it sounds to me like you aren't really showing any compassion to people that are suffering from PTSD. No, I, I'm really not, because it's different now, like, as girl was saying, you know, if you're drafted into Vietnam, that's different, the things that No, it's not different. It's not different. I mean, people that are suffering from PTSD, this is a serious condition. Right. The commercials for the the military do not show bloated, stinking uh, bodies of dead children um, lying along the side of the road. Or your friend getting his brains blown out They've got some some young man climbing a hill and then lifting aloft Excalibur um, and then, you know, turning into a United States Marine. You know, they've got these, these really vague ideas about how awesome it'll be and i don't think people even go for the paycheck really when it comes to the military they go for this uh, thing called discipline because they they're pretty sure they don't have it and they're going for sort of the way people are going to feel about them with their um, when they put on that uniform and i think largely they get that well i mean i think if a person is i just can't i mean i put up a sign um don't support the troops yeah, and I, you should see the, the reaction that I got. Yeah, well, I'm this, sure that you get feces thing. thrown at it. Yeah, and, and this whole thing about, well, support the troops, and around here, all there is these marches, and so honoring the troops, it's constant. And, uh, and then it was it. Oh, well, I don't support the war, but I support the troops. I want to hear what he has to say on this. I don't support the war, but I, I do support the troops. I'm very interested in this statement. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that a, a thousand times. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with what we're doing in the, in the Middle East, but I certainly support our troops. 
Well, that was a bunch of nonsense. Well, it is very self-contradictory. It doesn't make much sense to me either, and I've never been able to uh, to get around it. But I, here's what I think. I think that uh, your position as it is, and I understand it, believe me, I understand it, is not compassionate enough to reach out to people. People, uh, you know, at their base, you've got this core, this monkey that is uh, this monkey brain that is at the bo- the bottom of what we are, and you know, bad people are bad and good people are good. And in their mind, you're a bad person because you disagree fundamentally with them. And if you don't have a certain level of compassion and empathy for them and their position, especially for people that they care deeply about, then you're on the other team and the other team's the bad guys. Well, the problem is, is that we have too much empathy for warmongers in this country. There's tons of empathy for warmongers. But the troops aren't always warmongers, right? Like the troops, in some cases, made a mistake, and they, you know, an individual person who is a troop uh, may regret the mistake they made, but they may feel too afraid to go AWOL or you know refuse to follow orders or whatever. And you know, when it comes to supporting the troops, I support those who will refuse to follow bad orders, which means hardly any of them. Uh, but you know, from a from from the perspective that Mark's suggesting here, I think that's a it's a good point. After the fact, these guys do need to be shown compassion. It's it doesn't help them to spit on them. It doesn't help them to uh, to insult them. Uh, you know, those are not good ways to you know make connections and change people's minds. Well, I, I'm my, I, I don't spit on them or insult them if they say that they've made a mistake. But at the same time, I, if I if I if they think they've made a mistake, I don't think they should be running to the government claiming to have. PTSD and wanting a $30,000 a year stipend for the rest of Bruce, their life, thanks which for the is call. what they're I, doing. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. Mark's on the line in New York. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, that what? last caller never spent two minutes in a VA hospital. He, he painted a broad brush. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What's your, what's your experience? Well, I, I, I mean, I, I visited VA hospitals. I had a, a, a cousin of mine killed himself after he came out of Vietnam. Yeah. The residuals award. Somebody, most of these guys are suffering. Seventy-five oh, yeah. percent of the men in the first Gulf War are dead. Seventy-five percent are dead. Yeah, I've heard numbers like that, and it's really shocking. Yeah, right. I don't. I mean, when someone says they have PTSD, that's a pretty serious thing to say, and I wouldn't take that lightly. There at are all. probably some fakers out there, but. You know, you're. T- uh, I mean, you know, when when you're talking about PTSD, this is serious stuff. The government stands in the it way is. as far as uh, as as treating these guys. Uh, there was a study that came out recently. Horrible. Yeah, came out recently that said that uh, the the MDMA, this drug that's illegal, mm. uh, because yep. somebody might take it for to, to have fun or whatever, was able to treat people with PTSD in in as few as one doses. But you know, we don't want to give them that. Let's just give them a stipend for thirty grand a year. Right. I mean, like uh, he was I don't know if I believe what he was saying about the. Money. Money. It seems unlikely they're going to give them cash. They're going to give them a bunch of prescription pills, in which case, why would you fake that? They You're can't work, though. More coming up here uh, in a moment. This is Free Talk Live. Fallen Angel Toys is a tasteful company for adult desires and fetish fantasy. Thousands of items. Vibrators, literature, blindfolds, lubes, and more. Great for bachelorette parties or serious lifestylers. We're a family-owned business with new specials every week. Discreet packaging and shipping and safe, secure checkout through PayPal. Use code FDL at checkout for 25% off your first time. No minimum purchase required. That's FallenAngelToys.com.
Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Allie. And Mark. All right, we'll take your uh, phone calls about absolutely anything. We'll go to Frank out the gate to uh, New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, good evening, folks. What's it's kind mind? of chilly down here tonight. You know, have you uh, noticed Frank always good. gives a weather report when he calls in now? <laughs> <laughs> you, you never used to do that, Frank. Until He's trying like, to be nice to you. He's like, I'm, gonna, yeah. I, I'm calling this uh, this recalcitrant, and I'm going to say something in order to soften him up a little bit. I think he's a rebel because you always want him to jump to the chase, and he wants to talk about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Frank, for the well, New you York know, I remember City the update. 60s and Bob Dylan and the uh, weathermen and all that stuff, so it's kind of, it sort of dates one. But I wanted to mention that the last caller uh, was was very interesting, and that's the topic of how the American vets, be they men or women, have been treated really since Korea. And I'm going to focus on Vietnam, the uh, first Gulf War under Papa Bush in 1991, and then the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh, since Vietnam, the government, in order to enhance the fighting capability of the soldiers uh, has been giving them, you know, psychoactive drugs and all sorts of uh, regimes of uh, drugs and medication that actually are supposed to make them, in a sense, a more effective killing machine, sort of diminish the issues of maybe moral conscience and things. Mm -hmm. But if you look at Vietnam and the availability of drugs, whether it was on the military bases or, you know, within, you know, reach of the military bases, it was really, you know, profound and it was really uh, something the government allowed uh, to exist, whether it was to have the soldiers medicate themselves or, you know, to do a regime of actual psychoactive drugs, you know, administered by, you know, the uh, doctors and the psychologists. Uh, in, in the Gulf War, uh, your caller is correct. The vast majority of the vets that served, at least in the American Army, uh, have died. And they were given regimes of all sorts of vaccines, all sorts of psychoactive drugs, all sorts of things that even with the Freedom of Information Act, the soldiers and the veteran activists have been unable to get from the government. And uh, it shouldn't be surprising that right now, especially in Afghanistan and Iraq, uh, and you know the other areas, let's say Libya, Yemen, wherever the boots are on the ground, uh, again, in order to make the soldiers uh, more compliant and more efficient and diminish the moral questions, you know, drugs have been given. And the sad thing is, uh, you also have depleted uranium in the theater of battle now, which you get an alpha particle stuck in your lungs, well, you come back, seven years later, you're dead. Right, that's, that's bad news. Not to mention, a lot of these drugs, you know, they haven't ever tested on anyone else. Correct. And the uh, military guys are guinea pigs, essentially, Correct. and in many ways are coerced into taking them. I believe it is possible to refuse to take them, but there's some pretty, you know, usually some consequences for these guys. Yes. If you go back even to reading the ancient history, Alexander the Great and his father, Philip of Macedonia, before they conducted their military campaigns, you know, in the region of the uh, Middle East or the Mediterranean, if the, you know, in the ancient world, uh, you know, they knew the effectiveness of giving the troops opium and marijuana and different things, you know, to sort of diminish the fear and to make them more aggressive. And it shouldn't be surprising that, you know, that... Uh, policy, you know, in a sense, is still in effect to some level. And I think we have to realize 
that when you're doing evil and doing wrong things that are against the uh, interests of the soldiers and the American people, there's going to be all sorts of things. And you'll also remember with Vietnam that many of the troops uh, that were exposed to Agent Orange, whether they were in the field or whether they were actually spraying it or loading it onto the airplanes and things, the vast majority of those died. And when 95% had died in the late 1980s, then the government said, oh, yes, this may have caused cancer. And the few remaining vets were given very pitiful sort of uh, economic uh, mm-hmm. you know, remuneration for their suffering. But the really sad thing about it is, you know, when you go into the military, be prepared to lose your civil rights and be prepared to give up right. your own sense of freedom. And you have to take existential responsibility for what happens, because ultimately, uh, you know, they're going to use you and throw you out. And I think I had mentioned like a, tissue, a few months right? ago, with regard to Afghanistan and Iraq, the number of soldiers that the Pentagon estimates will commit suicide over the next five or seven years is going to be something like 70%. And that was actually right. confirmed in the Guardian newspaper in England. And the we soldiers don't just don't know. Papers here. The, the soldier, but, people, people that are signing up for the military now, the people that are between the ages of 18 and 21, um, who are you know finding it difficult to find a job in the marketplace. Yes. Especially people of uh, you know minorities are finding you know very difficult to find jobs. Males. This is the, correct. It's being called the 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 man session. Uh, this recession is basically hitting men far harder than it's hitting women. And yeah. you know they, they're saying, well, what am I going to do? So they take the military as an option, and they don't know what the consequences are. All they're given, Correct. all they're given, is you know this is how well it's going to work out, and then you know the the, it, the, the military contract is a singular one. There Correct. is no contract like the military contract where they say we're going to throw you in jail if you don't, uh, you know, work until for eight years. Uh, Correct. You know, and, and also they've changed the terms of the contract regarding the tours of duty. So you have vets that have been going over now in the Middle East for about four tours of duty when they should have been, uh, after the first tour of duty, they should have been returned stateside to be back in the National Guard and things. So you have all these illegalities the government is doing because they know that once you sign up, uh, you lose your civil rights and you can really be they done. Own you. They can do what they want with right. you, in a sense. Yeah, they own you. But, yeah, I'd say you're spot on with your analysis. The young kids should... Be willing to understand these are very difficult times, and they should get on their computer, or they should get on their iPhone, or they should pick up the digital camera and start to make art and start to realize that there has to be another way without an industrial economy that can provide living wage jobs for the vast majority of the people. And they have to realize that their life is worth more, uh, not only to themselves, but to their spirituality by not going into areas uh, where we have no business in killing innocent people in the name of American multinational uh, neo-fascism. And I think when we take that existential responsibility that the French in the 1950s discussed, the existentialists, then we have a handle on this, because I've seen many good people go into the military, come back warped, and then ultimately yeah. they, they can't deal with what they have done, even though they were given orders to do things, and they kill themselves. In the military, in a sense, would, in a sense, like to have a military that would sort of, like, terminate itself after its usefulness is done. And when you start to look at that, 
start to look at the foreign press, such as The Guardian in England, and they actually have the statistics, the projected statistics on our military, stuff that wouldn't appear in the New York Times or the Washington Post. Frank, or you the, are uh, on Chicago. the ball tonight. I appreciate the call Thanks and the lot, thoughts, guys. sir. Bye-bye. Spot on with that analysis. Thank you, sir. You know, this is there's a great book it's by David Grossman. It's called uh, On Killing, The Psychological Cost of Learning to Kill in War and Society. And it really just goes on and to, to talk about, you know, how the military trains people to kill and the consequences that uh, result for the soldier themselves. And I don't think in any way, shape or form. uh, The one thing I will say about video games is when you kill in a video game, the body disappears after, uh, you know, three seconds, Mm -hmm. it fades out and you don't have the cost and consequences of killing. So you may not entirely fathom what that's like in the real world. Of course not. How could you? So, (laughs) you know, this book is great. And I think that counter recruitment measures are extraordinarily important simply because people who are signing a contract need to know both sides of the situation. This uh, contract with the military is a singular contract. There is nothing like it in America where you're going to get thrown in jail for not, you know, for Refusing to go to work uh, for eight year, uh, you know right. the, the the eight year term of this contract, and you know they do a job that's singular, and they're exposed to things that are unlike any other workplace. So, can you, if you uh, enlist and then you go to basic training, you can't during basic training say, "Hey, this isn't for me. I got to opt out." You could do whatever you want, um, and, and likely, largely, the military will not lock people up anymore. But they don't make it seem that way. They they sort of rely on this idea. Well, you know, you go away while you're in jail. You're in, kid. No, I mean, you should at any time, if your conscience, if you find your conscience, just follow it. And I'd rather sit in a jail cell than be in the desert. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Take control of the airwaves. That's why we call this show Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 1-855-450-3733. 855-450-FREE. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. Allie. And Mark. And Allie is joining us courtesy of her radio program, Ladies in Keen. You can visit ladiesinkeen.com. That's K-E-E-N-E. You guys didn't reserve the other Keen, did you? No. Okay. Ladies in Keen with an E at the end. Uh, dot com and she does a her own show with some other ladies on Sundays and you can listen to them live or via podcast ladiesandkeen dot com. All right, so eight five five four fifty free is the number here. You may bring up anything that you want. We've been talking about uh, sort of you know the foreign policy and and these kind of things, uh, the effect on American society of uh, the what seems to be a never ending warfare state uh, that the United States is in, and one group that provides. You know, timely, important, insightful, and frankly, uh, news that just doesn't get heard anyplace else is antiwar.com. Antiwar is a news organization that, uh, you know, b- believes that the United States foreign policy should be one of, well, 
not killing people. <laughs> and you can support antiwar.com during their pledge drive. Um, you can go to antiwar.com slash donate and uh, SACL CAI, Jason Osborne from SACL CAI, has uh, donated his normal live read spot to Antiwar. So go on over there to antiwar.com slash donate. Great organization that, frankly, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be involved with. All right, telephone number here again, 855-450-FREE. We go to Crichton, listening in Kentucky to uh, to whatever. Uh, I think the internet. Crichton, you're on Free Talk Live. How you guys doing tonight? Hey, Crichton, what's on your mind? Oh, I wanted to call BS on your last your last uh, caller. What part? He made the he made the comment that it implied that a uh, military personnel receive uh, psychoactive drugs to increase their effective military effectiveness. I've, I've definitely heard that uh, people in the Air Force have taken speed, for instance. Um, I was in the Marine Corps for eight years. Mm-hmm. And if they and if they had even offered me psychoactive drugs to participate in, I would have gladly participated in that. <laughs> but I guarantee you that was never offered any such thing. And I would have noticed if they gave it to me without my permission. Well, I yeah, believe you. I don't think it's used on a large scale, and I don't, I don't think that most people believe that it's used on a large scale. They may give uh, give you something to uh, counteract fatigue or something like that, perhaps. But, I mean, there's always coffee, right? Um, the That's usually what they give you to counteract, counteract fatigue. Yeah, too. that makes sense. But I do think that they've come since the times of, uh, you know, Mac- the Macedonian uh, rule and, and what, you know, Southeast Asia and, and you know, the, the Indian, the Asian, con- the Indian subcontinent and uh, the Eastern Middle East, um, you know, they've they've gone a different route, which is trying to uh, sort of socialize soldiers into being better killers, I think is what I, you know, that's what I got out of the conversation. I don't I didn't feel like Frank well, was saying that, that soldiers that may today be true. But I, the immediate impression I got from your last caller was that he was trying to imply that that's widespread, that okay. use of uh, psychoactive drugs is common it is certainly is not okay uh, i i think that uh, it's worth pointing out that it's not common i didn't get that from his call but maybe i just wasn't you know tuned in the same way you were all right but just, was, just because it was your experience that you didn't you weren't offered them doesn't mean that others weren't as well i mean others may have been i don't think it's widespread ian i'm not saying it was widespread okay. and i don't know if frank was saying that either but i'm just saying that i, I know that there are ex- no. there are instances where the military has uh, you know, they have given psychoactive drugs to uh, troops, and we know that's true. Uh, how widespread it is is another question. And we know that it's also true that they've used troops to, to ex- just experiment on with uh, with different medications and, and Did that ever come up uh, for you? I mean, in, any kind of experimentation or anything? Not in any context. The only, uh, well, unless you consider the, the anthrax vaccine an experiment. Maybe the Marines are too may- good. You know, you said you were a Marine. Maybe they won't do it uh, as often to Marines. Maybe they're more likely to do it to Army members. I'm speculating. I have, I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I, I can't prove a negative, but it just, it just, it was just a ridiculous. Uh, it struck me as a ridiculous implication that it was widespread enough. And I would, I would expect that your last caller has no direct experience with the military to be able to say something like that. He didn't, didn't sound like somebody would spend a lot of time in the military, <laughs> did he? Do, does it bother no. you? Did it ever bother you that? Considering how much money it goes into the military and their huge budget, that when a soldier is complaining about fatigue, that they tell him to drink some coffee, which is like the cheapest possible solution I could think of. Well, sleep is the Does best it solution. Bother for me? I don't know. Um, I, I would I, feel like I never really had a 
I never considered the possibility you know, because coffee is what you have in the, in the MREs, the meals that you have available. That's mm-hmm. just really the closest thing to a drug that you're ava- that has available to you. Now, does the military have uh, other drugs that are more effective at keeping people up for long periods of time? They probably do, but they certainly don't make use of them very often. Do you think people uh, seek out their own drugs to cope, you know, when, when they can't, they've maybe seen some terrible things or gone through some traumatic experience that they look for drugs maybe off of, like, a local guy or something to help deal with it? Are you asking, do people in the military with post-traumatic stress disorder self-medicate? Well, in the, while they're in the military. Oh, yes. You're asking about the availability of drugs on a military base, uh, right. Ellie? Is that basically the question? Sort of, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, obviously, we know that not, plenty of military members are going to be sitting at the local bar. Uh, that's fairly popular. But uh, yeah, how, how widespread is uh, is you know drug use of illegal drugs on military bases? Uh, that's hard to say because they're very effective at screening for drugs. At least in the unit that I was in, I was in a communications company for headquarters battalion, so they make a we have a, I had a secret clearance, and everyone in my unit had a secret clearance. Mm-hmm. So they watched us very well. Um, so I don't have any I direct see. experience as to how well that would have applied to the general, the average Marine. So what was what was it? Your I mean, your secret clearance. What kind of tasks were you performing? Um, uh, a communications company. We were uh, managed the digital communications for headquarters battalion. So secrets passed through us. So we had to have a secret clearance in order to handle them. Right. Well, it would make sense no, then with the particular. Yeah. So it would make sense that in the role in which you found yourself, that they would not be plying you with uh, drugs to keep you to stay awake during some. You're sort pushing of a this whole that the military is giving military members. I'm not pushing drugs. anything. I'm just saying it makes sense that he would never have come across that. He wasn't in that kind I of a role. I haven't heard from any military well, member ever. You I were... mean, I've I've read news stories, but I've talked to a lot of people who've been in the military, and not one has ever said yes. They give me a killing pill. No, this doesn't I... happen. Well, yeah, it does. Not too often. A, I was simultaneously an O three thirty one, which was a machine gunner. So gotcha. I was trained in both those scenarios, both those those modes of specialty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I can't fathom how I would not have received it if I was in a condition where I would have needed it. But, Fair enough. Crichton, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate the uh, the expertise and the experience. Eight fifteen, or excuse me, eight five five four fifty three is the toll free number here. I'm not pushing anything, Mark. I just was pointing out if if you're you know working in the uh, the tech side, you're not as likely to be out killing people. Well, I had a friend who was in the Marines for um, you know the his his one term, and uh, he said that uh, you know this was some time before uh, you know some time ago, but he said that illegal drug use was rampant um, oh, in I what he was that. doing. Um, I you know that. so. I don't know whether the secret uh, class, uh, you know, secret whatever classification that uh, Creighton had made things different for him. There's more coming up here. 855-453. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Still plenty of time for you and your thoughts. Uh, Coming up, 10 ways to forgive the person you want to kill. It's Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number here, 855-453. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there, and you can enjoy them on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Mobile site is available for those of you with a smartphone who'd like to access our live streams or podcast in a very quick manner. Just go to m as in mobile.freetalklive.com. That's m.freetalklive.com to access those. And, Mark, tell me something important. If you've ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys cost too much, Jurisdictionary.com is a course for you. It's a course for people who don't have attorneys. Arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. You need to be able to know how to make motions, what grounds to make objections upon, those kind of things. And unless you know those rules, you're fighting in the dark. You have little or no chance. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts and costs less than an hour with any good attorney. So if you're going to take something to court, and I recommend you do, uh, you know, the, the, the government, she isn't going to get smaller on her own. Um, you know, go check out uh, Jurisdictionary.com. The four CD course is so easy, the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. And you can get access to the course immediately um, by, you know, going online and buying it. Of course, they'll send you the four CD package, but uh, you can instance access. They've got all kinds of free tools at Jurisdictionary.com for you to check out and use. It's a great resource. And um, when you buy the course, make sure you use the pull-down menu to mention Free Talk Live. It's Jurisdictionary.com. All right. So once again, toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. We go to Robert listening in Huntsville to WBHP. Hello, Robert. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Again. How are y'all? Hey, what's on your mind, Robert? Yeah. So, you know, talking about the legal versus the legal drugs, man, I mean, don't you know, especially military folks that have quote-unquote issues – can go to a legal doc and get any drug known to man. I mean, so, I mean, I already see that, uh, you know, down where I live. And, and that, I mean, there are, and from my world, of course, I don't, I'm not the world, but in my circle of the world, I know a lot more addicts that are legalized drugs, you know, dr- uh, dependent upon drugs than there are illegal drugs. And so, I mean, that's that's not talked about. I mean, and and those are the ones that are doing all the pointing of the fingers, man. They they're on every drug known to man legally to a doctor, but then pointing the finger at the illegal drugs, right? It's it's true that uh, the, you know the, the the sort of legal drugs, the prescription drugs uh, abuse out there is tremendous. Yeah, and a lot more people die from the use of uh, prescription drugs, even properly prescribed prescription drugs combined, than uh, do all the other drugs, and then, the illegal drugs. Yeah. And then, and then you got the the doctor hopping thing, where you know, go to multiple doctors and and get one from one, and then another from another, and all that. And you know, I thought that was what that was supposed to save us all this money with this healthcare bill, right? So that all the all of the uh, all of the uh, records would be unified, and so whatever. I mean, has anybody seen a difference? So I, I, it just it kills me where. This war on drugs, spending zillions of dollars, cracking down these guys on the side of the street, yet drugs are being absolutely slung around like no tomorrow legally with the, with the prescriptions and what have you and going to multiple doctors. Yeah, and a lot of these prescription drugs that are so uh, popular on the black market, they basically are heroin. I mean, we're talking yeah, about right. opiates. Absolutely. Or, you know what? I mean, too... Um, 
which is illegal, but it's also legal. I mean, you know, in a prescription way. But I mean, a lot of these you can you can go online and order from Mexico or overseas or whatever. I mean, you're taking a chance by doing that. But a lot of times, especially these folks that that can't uh, get it through prescription, can go online. I mean, I you know, you get spam emails every day. Buy this, buy that. I mean, it's it's crazy. So, oh, right. How many of those are valid? Are you know are actually valid? I don't know. I, yeah, like you said, you are taking a risk if you're going online to do that. Uh, but I think that people should be able to get whatever drugs they want, and uh, they should be able to get them without having to go through a doctor. If you want to go through a doctor to get some advice and some some suggestions, that's fine. Right. You know, go through as many doctors as makes you feel good. But if you know what drugs that you want, you should be able to just go and purchase them without having to jump through hoops. Uh, and I think. That would be, right. you know, you want to talk about bringing uh, the prices down, then that would help because it would it would remove the uh, the layer of essentially protection uh, that the doctors have because they've got kind of a, a racket going on where if you need a, a an effective drug, you have to go through the doctor in a lot of cases uh, and pay the doctor a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars for a visit before you can actually get the piece of paper, the magic piece of paper that allows you to go to the, the pharmacy. Right, and it turns. No, that, that's, that's- it turns. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say it turns uh, people that wouldn't normally be drug sellers into drug sellers because a lot of people, when these drugs get super expensive because of all the regulation around them, um, people will go in and ask for a prescription for something. They'll never take it. They just sell it on the street for way more than they got it. Twenty for. bucks a pill to one of yeah. their friends or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And and then you've got uh, you know these these funny doctors that'll do that and and. I, look, it just creates a whole new industry, but but I totally agree. Look, it's none of my business what you take. Right. I don't care what you take. I don't care what uh, anybody takes. I mean, it, that unless you commit a crime while taking that, right? Yep. So, well, right. Whether you commit it's just, a crime, it's amazing. Right. Whether you commit a crime while on drugs or not, uh, you've committed a crime, and to me, that's the issue. Yeah. Whether you're on drugs or not is an is a non-factor in that. Exactly. So, hey, all right, I just want to get my thanks, two cents in. Thank you. Appreciate all. your call and the thoughts tonight. 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number. What if someone slips you drugs and you do something you wouldn't normally do? Are you then responsible? Oh, that's an interesting question. I think that uh, slipping someone drugs is, uh, ought to be a crime as far as I'm concerned. Well, right. right. But how would you but then, prove it? But, well, like, say that uh, I slipped Ian something in his drink and then he hurt you, Mark. Well, then would Ian be resolved of all responsibility since I slipped him drugs? Right. How, would I, how would we prove that you slipped the drugs in? I mean, I, I've hurt you at this point, Mark, and uh, that's your claim is against me. I'm like, well, I don't know what I was doing. I don't know how I got like that. I think uh, it would be incumbent upon you first to, to prove that. Um, how, you, you're right, but that's not going to fly, right? Because how am I going to prove that someone slipped me drugs? The whole point of slipping someone drugs is so they don't know. Yeah, I, did I, you know, it's going to be you're going to. Yeah, ultimately, you're going to be responsible for right. your actions. I mean, sadly, uh, in that circumstance where, you know, you may or may not have uh, been in, you know, total control of your wits. I think I should take all responsibility for it, but I don't know how it would work. Because in, in that circumstance, yeah, yeah. in this circumstance, I feel I like I should have to pay for whatever. You know, retribution. Yes, but how would one know? One has to, uh, you know, the, the, the question is, um, at that point, I have to either believe or disbelieve that Ian was slipped as opposed to, uh, you know, got, took drugs on his own. And how do you prove that? Mm-hmm. It's difficult. Toll-free number here. Your thoughts are welcome. 855-450-FREE. You know, touching on the idea of prescription addictions, really, this is a, a pretty deep topic. It's one that is, it's always an interesting one to, to ask people what their experiences are. A lot of times the story that you'll hear 
it's not uncommon at all, is that someone will get a prescription painkiller like an oxycodone, hydrocodone, etc., one of these uh, opiate-based heroin-like uh, painkillers, and they'll be prescribed it for some legitimate pain, some sort of reason why they went to the hospital or they went to uh, you know, the dentist or whatever it is they're, they're getting these for. Uh, and then they get hooked on it because it's incredibly addictive. So what ends up happening is they get hooked and they can't get any more from the doctor due to all these rules. The DEA, the doctors are afraid, just scared to death of prescribing too much of this stuff to one patient. So they, at some point, the doctor says, whoa. I can't do this anymore. My license is in jeopardy. Sorry. Yep. I to- was in prison with, with a doctor that was in for that very reason. My goodness. So uh, so the, the, the doctor cuts you off. You're still hooked. You, you are hooked on these uh, oxycodones sure. or hydrocodones. So you start looking around at your, your buddies. You know, Ask them if they've got any. Do they know anybody who has one? Sure, we can get you a, a, a oxy, oxy at 20 or whatever for 20 bucks a pill. And then you're paying way more than you were uh, otherwise uh, for these pills. And now you've got to figure out a way to afford the pills that you are doing on a regular basis and still, you know, be able to run the rest of your life. Right. So you either start selling the pills yourself, like buying them in bulk and selling them to other people. Or, or you, taking them. <laughs> or you start stealing or robbing people to or get Or you the money. switch to a cheaper drug like crack. Well... I don't know if crack is going to satisfy an opiate addiction. Well, I bet you try it. Oh, maybe. Oh, I'm just saying, like, there might be some other worse for you drug that you switch to because it's cheaper. That's possible. But my point was that, you know, I t- I've tried one of these pills. It's not a fun pill to, to do. Like, the people taking these pills aren't doing it to get high. They're doing it to, to just to feed an addiction. Some of them are. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society, the wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those over at freetalklive.com. The webcam's there. You can watch, listen, and interact with other Free Talk Live listeners as the chat room is built into the same page. So head on over to cam.freetalklive.com to experience that. It's free, like the rest of our website, cam.freetalklive.com. All right, so once again, our toll-free number here, 855-453-BLAKE, Blake is on the line listening in Illinois to Monster Radio 1150. Blake, you're on Free Talk Live. Okay. Well, um, thank you for taking my call. Welcome, sir. And uh, my question was, you know, we're in Harrisburg, Illinois, and, uh, you know, we were victims of the uh, the tornado that just passed last week. Ooh. And Sorry to hear that. I'm just wondering what kind of knowledge maybe you could fill me in on the uh, this Westboro Baptist Church. Uh, <clears throat> they were supposed to come to our town and protest the funerals. You know, I don't really have much knowledge on it, and I was just wondering what maybe you guys' thoughts were on this. So Westboro Baptist Church, you've never heard of them before? I really have not until the the storm happened. 
So these people are known for going to funerals and protesting, and uh, they've, they've targeted funerals of military uh, members. They and- pick high-profile funerals in order to uh, sort of uh, piggyback on the notoriety of the funeral in order to get their uh, message of bigotry and hate out. Yeah, usually the message is something like, uh, you know, God hates gay people, uh, yeah. except they use much more pejorative terms. And uh, and so I'm guessing what they're going to say here, and this is total speculation they're probably going to say that your town was targeted by the tornadoes because god is angry at you because you are tolerant towards gays or jews or blacks or whoever it is that they hate at westboro baptist i mean are they pretty much all anti-gay or do they also hate other people that Mark, seems to be mostly you know? yeah. mostly the gays it's, it's, it's mostly gays. i don't think that any any type of i don't think that any type of god or church would uh, promote such uh, hatred and violence I, I think that that is just um Totally disrespectful and uh, unacceptable, actually. Yes, they are very disrespectful, and they are rude, and they're all about getting publicity for their church, which interestingly is kind of like this – you know, at least from what I understand, there are a lot of members of the what's the Fred Phelps, I believe, is the the pastor there. A lot of the Phelps family members are also church members, so it's almost like his family. And I think there's allegations of incest, and I, you know, I don't I don't know all the details on that. But. It's an ugly, oh. it's an ugly, well, ugly group of people. Time. So, wait, so Hang did you on. say they were scheduled I, I to come to the, town? I, yeah, did, what's that? You said they were scheduled to come to town, or they did, or they didn't yet, or No, what? they were scheduled, but uh, Harrisburg built a, a human shield, and there was a lot of um, biker clubs and, you know, things like that that went on. You know, I, I don't know if they ever really come. There was rumors that they, re, that they came at mm-hmm. one of the last funerals of the day, but... Um, I'm really not sure. Uh, you know, I'm from Marion. I just work in Harrisburg at Carpet Corner Incorporated, so I'm not exactly sure what happened or what went down. But uh, I think that uh, I think that the shield actually worked because. If they did come, they surely didn't want to mess with us Southern Illinoisans. That's for sure. Yeah, they, they've got the most hate-filled screed of a site here. You can go to GodHatesFags.com, and they've got sister sites, GodHatesIslam.com, GodHatesTheMedia.com, and God and JewsKillJesus.com. Uh, okay, so they rape, are anti-Jewish then. PriestsRapeBoys.com. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, you know, there's here appears to be a uh, editor's pick of video, God Hates You, You're Going to Hell. Um I don't know. Theirs, I mean, is just, not, theirs is not a loving God. Let's just there's uh, an upside down flag on their I site agree too. With you guys, and hey, listen, I think you guys have a great talk show going on here, and I really appreciate what you've done for me tonight. Well, and thanks, uh, Blake. you know, I know you got lots of other listeners that are ready to talk, so I, I just want to let you guys know that I appreciate it very much. And, Blake, uh, thank you for yeah. the call. I appreciate uh, hearing from you. And uh, yeah, like Mark said, their website GodHatesFags.com will give you some good a good idea of who these folks are. If you want a real rundown of some of the just outrageous behavior these people have, be, uh, have been participating in over the years, just Google Westboro Baptist Church, and you'll find all uh, manner of information about these folks. Thank you for okay, the call tonight. Cool, cool. Well, I thank you guys very much. Appreciate it, Blake. Yep, we will. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Yeah, you can go to the, I'm, I'm at the Wikipedia page for them, and oh my God, these pictures. I mean, all, all, they, all you need to do is show pictures of what they do in order to uh, you know, put, it, put them all together here. You're going to hell in red, white, and blue with an upside-down flag being held here. Um, you know, uh, fags, doom, nations, uh, this fag troops with a yellow ribbon. I mean, it's just... It, is- it's 
It's screed. Is it just the message, though, that people have a problem with? I mean, they don't violate anyone's rights, actually. Is that correct? Um, I don't. I don't think they do. I think that they're just. It's, they're it's just so offensive. Remarkably inappropriate and offensive. That mm-hmm. I, I mean, another thing they do, and this is what people need to be warned of. And I forgot to to mention this while the caller was on the line. It's extraordinarily important. Is this organization is basically funded by lawsuits against people who punch them in the nose? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so they make a great deal of money on people who are you know are so upset by what they say. That they, you know, come after them. Well, so they, they people make- that punch them in the nose for just say, yeah, I don't care what the I mean, yeah, I don't like their ideas at all. I think they're ignorant. But uh, is, if they're just practicing free speech, then uh, no one should be punching them in the in the nose. Well, but, but this is this is the reality of extraordinarily but they know that people will get all whipped up. Right. Extraordinarily. Well, then they're just testing people's tolerance for free speech. Exactly what they're doing. Right. Absolutely. They're you know, the, the one value they have in America is that they may very well teach to some small extent people that uh, it's it's a bad idea to punch jerks in the face. So they have, they've got themselves a blog over at Westboro Baptist Church. Uh, it is blogs.sparenot.com. And uh, with headlines like, The righteous shall rejoice when he seeth God's vengeance. Which is essentially their, their position. Now, right? well, Proverbs has uh, has a uh, uh, says an, has an opposite verse: is you should not rejoice in the um, in, in you know in, in the misfortunes of another or something like that. So, you know, I don't know. Well, That's, one thing's for sure: you can always pick uh, different parts of the Bible to back your own interpretations and viewpoint. Absolutely. Right. So here they say, uh, hallelujah, God sent an F4 tornado ripping through Harrisburg, Illinois, six confirmed dead so far. So these people are very excited when they see natural destruction and, uh, you know, decimation of human lives. They, they don't have compassion for these, for these people. This harkens back to the, we must throw a virgin into the volcano kind of uh, religion, um, you know, out there. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously it's an extraordinarily extreme, view for today's uh, world, but it's not that much different than a, what a lot of people say regarding, you know, well, God did this. I mean, a lot of people say this around the world. God did this and God did to that punish you. based on, you know, this group of people or that group of people that I disagree with. Right. In fact, here they're saying in this uh, article, Whirlwind sent to Illinois on February 29th, quote, they died for the sins of Illinois. You want to talk about grouping people together. Right. What? Illinois is as if God nothing. knows anything about Illinois. I mean, Illinois a, is not a th- it is not an entity. It is just an idea. It's just a it's, line on a map. Right? How long does the sinful boundary go? If someone sins in your vicinity, you may yeah, the wrath of God may fall upon you. That doesn't make any sense. Right? And how many of these people that uh, were killed by the twister? Would have called themselves Christians. Would have been uh, church-going individuals who would have been devoted to a particular. Yeah. Why is Christian it Ill- belief Why is it Illinois that was you know Why is Harrisburg punished for the sins of Illinois? Why wouldn't it be punished for the sins of Harrisburg? And if Harrisburg's uh, punished for the sins of Harrisburg, what about it's only some people in Harrisburg? So why wasn't the Western Hemisphere punished? Why didn't God send a giant cracking um, you know meteor to knock a chunk of Earth off? Uh, you know, I mean, this is it doesn't make it. Any sense 
bad things are going to happen in the form of natural disasters and all kinds of other things. And to attribute it to God and his dislike of homosexuality or Jews or, you know, whatever is just it's it it, it makes no sense. I could say it's because I don't like the color purple and I don't want it, which is a great movie, um, which, uh, you know, and I and because people in Illinois wear purple, that's why they did it. What? What I don't understand is why people who have funerals in which there's any chance these people might show up, why have your your um, funeral in a public space or anywhere near a public space? Have well, a private gathering no. where you can keep people out in your church. Why have it in public and then make it this big thing? Well, they'll protest thing. on the street. I mean, they'll they, protest. If they're on the street, the if you're inside in a church off of like... Well, the body goes in a, in a ground somewhere in a right, lot of Right, they're going to do it on the sidewalk right in front of the church. And also, funerals are intended, are not for the dead. They're for the living. And right. they're, you know, people, in the in the case of this circumstance, people people who don't even know the victims want to mourn. Um, I mean, you know, people, people want to mourn people that they have an emotional attachment. And if they just got an emotional attachment through the news, they still want to mourn. And they, sh- you know, that's why they're going to have a public funeral. This whole blog, by the way, is just glorification of death. Every post, it's every insane. post. Insanity, Davy Jones, sure. Ohio school shooting, twisters, every post. Sick stuff. I may not agree with what you say, but I'll fight for your right to say it. We'll be back tomorrow night where you can say whatever you want on Free Talk Live because that's what we do here. See you then online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. Available now, four new songs from Raja Mojo. Raja Mojo. That's R-A-J-A-M-O-J-O. Raja Mojo. today at Amazon, iTunes, Napster, and at a discount at cdbaby.com.